Welcome, I am your host, and this is the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we will endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy, and as always, leave me some feedback on what you think about the show, and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about the 2003 Ryson letters. So, the 2003 Ryson letters were two Ryson-laden letters found on two occasions between October and November of 2003. One letter was mailed to the White House and intercepted at a processing facility. Another was discovered with no address in South Carolina. A February 2004 Ryson incident at the Dirksen Senate office building was initially connected to the 2003 letters as well. The letters were sent by an individual who referred to themselves as Fallen Angel, and the sender, who claimed to own a trucking company, expressed anger over changes in federal trucking regulations. As of 2008, no connection between the Fallen Angel letters and the Dirksen building incident has been established. A $100,000 reward was offered in 2004 by the federal law enforcement agencies investigating the case, but to date, the reward remains unclaimed. Now we're going to get into a bit of a background on this case. So first we'll start off with what exactly ricin is. So ricin is a white powder that can be produced as a liquid or crystal. Ricin is an extremely toxic plant protein that can cause severe allergic reactions and exposure to small quantities can be fatal. The toxin inhibits the formation of proteins within the cells of exposed individuals and the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, states that 500 micrograms is the minimum lethal dose of ricin in humans provided that exposure is from injection or inhalation. Ricin is easily purified from castor oil manufacturing waste. It has been utilized by various states and organizations as a weapon, being most effective as an assassination weapon, notably in the case of the 1978 assassination of Bulgarian dissident Georgi Markov, which is a case I shall go into on a later podcast episode. Now we get into the trucking regulations, which Fallen Angel was so upset about. So on January 4th of 2004, new federal transportation rules took effect, which directly affected the -the over-the-road trucking industry in the United States. The rules took effect with a 60-day grace period and were aimed at reducing fatigue-related accidents and fatalities. Called the most far-reaching rule changes in 65 years, the regulations reduced daily allowed driving time from 11 hours to 10. The most controversial measures involved the way that the workdays were calculated. The calculations were not allowed to factor in such delays as food and fuel stops and other time spent waiting at, for instance, a factory for a load. The new provisions allowed drivers to stay on duty for only 14 hours, thus the time spent waiting could eat into the time a driver spent on duty. These new rule changes were what the self-proclaimed fallen angel took aim at in the ricin-laden letters. Now we're going to get into those letters. So there's the October 23rd letter. On the October 15th of 2003, a package was discovered at a mail sorting centre in Greenville, South Carolina, near the Greenville Spartanburg International Airport. The package contained a letter and a small metal vial containing ricin powder. A label on the outside of the envelope containing the vial displayed the typed message, CAUTION, RICIN POISON ENCLOSED IN SEALED CONTAINER. DO NOT OPEN WITHOUT PROPER PROTECTION. The presence of ricin was confirmed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on October 21st. The letter inside the envelope was typewritten to the U.S. Department of Transportation and stated, and I quote, to the Department of Transportation, I'm a fleet owner of a tanker company. I have easy access to castor pulp. If my demand is dismissed, I'm capable of making ricin. My demand is simple. January 4th, 2004 starts new hours of service for trucks, which includes a ridiculous 10 hours in the sleeper berth. Keep it 8 or I will start dumping. You have been warned, and this is the only letter that will be sent by me. 
fallen angel. Despite the potentially deadly nature of the poison, no one was exposed to, injured by, or killed by the ricin. The Greenville facility where the letter was found was also declared ricin-free in the ensuing weeks. In addition, the letter had no delivery address and no postmark. Then we come to the November 2003 letter. So, on November 6th of 2003, another letter described as nearly identical to the October letter was discovered. This time, the letter was addressed to the White House, and it was discovered at a White House mail processing facility in Washington, D.C., the letter contained a small vial of a white powdery substance that was initially tested negative for ricin. After subsequent testing at the mail facility resulted in positives for ricin contamination on mail equipment, the US Secret Service ordered a retest that showed by November 10th the letter was probable for ricin. The letter was postmarked on October 17th in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Though addressed to the White House, the threatening language contained in the letter was again directed at the U.S. Department of Transportation and written by an individual calling himself, or themselves, I should say, Falling Angel. As with the previous letter, the text of the letter stated, and I quote, Department of Transportation, if you change the hours of service on January 4th of 2004, I will turn D.C. into a ghost town. The powder on the letter is ricin. Have a nice day. Fallen Angel. End quote. The Secret Service did not alert the White House, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, and other key players, including the CDC of the discovery and positive tests, until November 12th. In the November 21st, 2003 issue of Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, the CDC recommended that until Fallen Angel was captured, quote, healthcare providers and public health officials must consider ricin to be a potential public health threat and be vigilant about recognizing illness consistent with ricin exposure. End quote. The CDC's November warning mentioned only the first Fallen Angel letter. The discovery of the Ricin letter at the White House facility was not disclosed to the public until early February of 2004. The public disclosure of the second Ricin letter from Fallen Angel coincided with the discovery of Ricin in the mail center of a Senate office building. Now we're going to get into the February 2004 mailroom contamination. So, on February 2nd of 2004, in a mailroom serving Senator Bill Frist in the Dirksen Senate office building, a white powdery substance was found on a sorting machine. Tests on February 3rd confirmed that the substance was ricin. The positive test results were indicated by six of eight preliminary tests on the substance. The discovery resulted in more than a dozen staffers undergoing decontamination, as well as the closure of the Dirksen, Hart, and Russell Senate office buildings. The incident was treated as as a criminal probe, with investigators looking carefully for any connection between the ricin found at Dirksen and the Fallen Angel cases. Now we get into the investigation side of things. So, the focus of the probe by the FBI, U.S. Postal Inspection Service, USPIS, and the Department of Transportation's Office of Inspector General fell instantly upon the individual calling himself Fallen Angel in the two letters. The FBI was the lead agency in the Fallen Angel investigation, and agents questioned various individuals during their probe, such as one vocal former trucker in Florida. Federal officials, most notably at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, or DHS, remarked that the letters did not have the hallmarks of international terrorism and were more likely produced by a homegrown criminal. On January 4th of 2004, the FBI, along with USPIS and the DOT, offered a $100,000 reward in connection with the October 2003 case from Greenville, South Carolina. In late 2004, the amount of the reward was increased to $120,000. The criminal has not been captured to date. 
Now we come to the Dirks and building contamination. So immediately following the incident in Frith's office, both the FBI and the United States Capitol Police were tasked to the investigation. Like in the Fallen Angel investigation, the FBI was the lead agency. Detectives and agents focused on the possibility that the individual responsible for the 2003 letters was also responsible for the contamination of the Dirksen building. Within two weeks of the incident, investigators were questioned the validity of the positive ricin tests at the Senate building. The results raised suspicion because no source okay, a le- for example, a letter, was ever found for the ricin. It was possible that the contamination was from paper byproducts and not ricin. However, later tests confirmed that the initial test did not indicate a false positive and the substance was indeed ricin. Now we move on to other cases involving ricin. So, starting in the 1990s, we have December 1995, O'Neill, Arkansas, in the US. In April 1993, Thomas Lavey was caught while trying to smuggle 130 grams of ricin from Alaska into Canada. Lavey stated that he purchased the ricin to poison coyotes on his farm in Arkansas and keep them away from his chickens. Lavey was stopped at the Beaver Creek border crossing by Canadian customs agents who found, along with the 130 grams of ricin, $89,000, a knife, four guns, and 20,000 rounds of ammunition. January 1997, Janesville, Wisconsin, U.S. Authorities discovered various toxic substances in the house of Thomas Lay in Janesville, Wisconsin. They discovered the substances after they'd been called to Lay's home after he had shot his son in the face following a night of drinking. Among the chemicals discovered were 0.67 grams of ricin and nicotine mixed with a solvent that allowed it to penetrate the skin and had have lethal effects. Authorities also found books relating to the production of chemical and biological agents. Chemicals were also found in a storage shed that Lay kept in Harvard, Illinois. He reportedly told his sister that he was going to use the poison to coat razor blades and mail them to his enemies in hopes that they would cut themselves and be exposed. Lay pleaded guilty to possession of the ricin and was sentenced to eight years for the shooting and six and one half years for possessing dangerous materials. Then there was April 1997, James Dalton Bell. Internal Revenue Service IRS investigators searched the home of James Dalton Bell, a 39-year-old electronics engineer, and discovered a cache of chemicals which included sodium cyanide, 500 grams, disopropyl fluorophosphate, and a range of corrosive acids. Subsequent analysis of computer files confiscated from the residents revealed that Bell engaged in email communications with a friend Robert East, a 46-year-old merchant marine radio operator, that expressed the desire to obtain castor beans to see if they could extract ricin. Bell had already acquired the home addresses of nearly 100 federal employees from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, IRS, and Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, and computer files from voter registration. Bell was in the process of producing and acquiring chemicals and biological agents. Then we come to March 1998 in Michigan, U.S. Three members of a splinter group of the North American Militia in Michigan were arrested on weapons and conspiracy charges. The April 1998 indictment was a result of an investigation involving an alcohol, tobacco, and firearms ATF agent who infiltrated the group in March of 1997. When federal law enforcement raided the homes of these men, they discovered an arsenal of weapons in a videotape. Produced in a cooking show format, the tape gave instructions on how to manufacture bombs and other assorted militia-type weaponry, including a feature set on how to extract ricin from castor beans. During the court proceedings, prosecutors drew attention to the ricin segment, stating that the men were, and I quote, collecting information on the manufacture and use of ricin, end quote. However, other than the videotape, no materials associated with ricin production were found in any of the raids. 
Then we come to November 1999 in Tampa, Florida, US. Press reports indicated that FBI agents had apprehended a man in Tampa, Florida for threatening to kill court officials and wage biological warfare in Jefferson County, Colorado. James Kenneth Gluck, 53 years old, a former Colorado resident, sent a 10-page letter to Jefferson County judges threatening to kill them with a biological agent. He specifically identified one judge by name, and FBI agents arrested Gluck on the 5th of November 1999 as he left a public library near his home in Tampa. Police Fire and Hazardous Materials, Hazmat Crews, responded to the scene along with the FBI and blocked off Gluck's street. Upon searching his residence the next day, agents discovered that Gluck had the necessary ingredients to make ricin, though no refined ricin was actually found. They also found test tubes and beakers, as well as a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook and books on biological toxicology in a makeshift laboratory in his home. Now we come to the 2000s, so we come to August 2001, Russia and Chechnya. The Russian Federal Security Service told the Itatas News Service it had intercepted a recorded conversation between two Chechen field commanders in which they discussed using homemade poisons against Russian troops. According to Itatas, Chechen Brigadier General Rizvan Chitigov asked Chechen field commander Hazar Elhazurov, who is now living in the United Arab Emirates, for instructions on the homemade production of poison for using against Russian soldiers. Russian authorities reportedly raided Chitigov's home and seized materials, including instructions on how to use toxic agents to contaminate consumer goods. A small laboratory, three homemade explosives, two landmines, and 30 grenades. The confiscated papers reportedly also contained instructions on how to produce ricin from castor beans. Then we come to June 2002, Spokane Valley, WA. Kenneth R. Olson, 48, was arrested for possession of the biological agent ricin in, in his Spokane Valley WA office cubicle. Co-workers at Agilent, a high-tech company, tipped FBI officials about the software engineer after discovering documents on how to kill undetectable poisons and bomb making. Olson had printed out from his computer. Olson insisted that his research was for a Boy Scout project, but did not say any more. Further investigation of his office produced test tubes, castor beans, glass jars, and approximately one gram of ricin. In July of 2003, Olson was convicted of possessing a chemical weapon and possessing a biological weapon. He was sentenced to 165 months, almost 14 years in prison. Then we come to August of 2002 with Ansar al-Islam. Reports have emerged that Al-Sar al-Islam, a Sunni militant group, has been involved in testing poisons and chemicals, including ricin. According to one report, the group tested ricin powder as an aerosol on animals such as donkeys and chickens, and perhaps even an unwitting human subject. No more specific details have been released. Then we come to January of 2003 arrests in Britain. So, on the 5th of January 2003, the Metropolitan Police raided a flat in North London and arrested six Algerian men who they claimed were manufacturing ricin as part of a plot to poison attack on the London Underground. No ricin was recovered as a result of this raid. Only one person was convicted of conspiracy to cause a public nuisance by the use of poisons and or explosives to cause disruption, fear or injury, and jailed for 17 years. He had previously received a life sentence for stabbing and killing a policeman during the raid. The US Secretary of State Colin Powell used this incident in his 5th of February 2003 speech to the UN as part of the case for the 2003 invasion of Iraq as the UK poison cell part of the alleged Abu Musab al-Zakawiri global terrorist network. Then we come to January 2006 in Richmond, Virginia, US. In January 2006, ricin was found in the home in suburban Richmond, Virginia in the form of mashed castor beans. The suspect, Chetnan Suraz, sorry if I butcher that name, was allegedly isolating the toxin to kill his estranged wife. 
Then we come to February 2008 in Las Vegas, Nevada, US. In February of 2008, a man who stayed in a Las Vegas hotel room where Ryson was found was taken to the hospital in critical condition. The man, Roger von Bergendorf, was hospitalized on February 14th. However, the Ryson was not found until February 27th, when a relative retrieved his luggage because the motel had not been paid for two weeks. Firearms and an anarchist-type textbook were found in the same motel room where several vials of ricin were found, police reported. According to Las Vegas 8 Television News, police noted the ricin section of the textbook was highlighted. On March 3rd, FBI agents searched a Riverton, Utah house and several storage lockers in West Jordan, Utah, linked to Bergendorf, but did not find any traces of ricin. Bergendorf awoke from a coma on March 14th and he was questioned by police as to why he had such a large quantity of ricin. Subsequently, he was arrested on April 16th and charged with possession of a biological toxin and two weapons offences. Then we come to January 2009 in Seattle, Washington, US. The managers of 11 gay bars in the Capitol Hill region of Seattle received letters from an anonymous sender claiming to be in possession of 67 grams of ricin that would be used to dose exactly five patrons from each establishment with the intent of killing them. Speculations that the terrorist was possibly a homosexual himself abound, particularly as the letter directly quotes a poem by gay author Mark Dotty in a recent published anthology. Then we come to June 2009 in County Durham, England. During the raid on the homes of a man and son in June 2009, a very small amount of ricin was allegedly found in a sealed jam jar kept in a kitchen cupboard. A father and son, Ian and Nikki Davison, were arrested under the 2000 Terrorism Act. The arrest followed a long-running intelligence-led operation against extreme right-wing activity. Ian Davison was sentenced to 10 years in prison in May 2010 for preparing acts of terrorism, three counts of possessing material used to commit acts of terrorism, and possessing a prohibited weapon. His son was given two years youth detention for possessing material used to commit acts of terrorism. Then we come to June 2009 at Everett, Washington, U.S. On June 4th of 2009, local ABC affiliate Como 4 News reported that authorities had isolated a suburban home in Everett, WA and part of the surrounding neighborhood after the suspected discovery of ricin in the home. The suspected discovery of ricin occurred after the residents, a husband and wife, returned from the hospital following a domestic disturbance report. Now we come to 2010s. So January 2011, Arcon, Ohio, US. In January 2011, FBI agents discovered what was thought to be ricin in a Coventry Township, Ohio home and later reported that tests confirmed its presence. Jeff Levenduris was sentenced to six years in prison for manufacture of ricin in 2014. Then we come to November 2011 in Gainesville, Georgia, US. In 2011, the FBI arrested four men in the US state of Georgia who were allegedly plotting to deploy explosives and biological weapons to kill a number of Americans politicians, media figures, Internal Revenue Service employees, and innocent civilians. The four men were Frederick Thomas, 73, Dan Roberts, 67, Ray H. Adams, 65, and Samuel J. Crump, 68. Thomas is from Cleveland, Georgia. The three other men are from Tacoa. They were members of a domestic military group and believed that they had to commit murder in order to save this country. According to The Guardian, Crump had planned to make 10 pounds of rice and spread it in major cities and along Atlanta, Jacksonville, Newark, Washington, D.C., and New Orleans highways and bomb federal buildings in Atlanta. They also discussed dispersing ricin from an aeroplane in the sky over Washington, D.C. and possibly attack other targets with explosives. Adams is a former Agriculture Research Service employee, while Crump used to work at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC. 
According to court documents, Thomas was inspired by the online pro-militia novel Absolved by Mike Vanderboe, which includes small bands of US citizens rising up against the federal government. Vanderboe denied responsibility for inspiring the attack, saying in a blog post, and I quote, I am as much to blame for the Georgia generic terrorist gang as Tom Clancy is for 9-11, end quote. Earlier, Vanderboe had attracted controversy after urging healthcare reform opponents to throw bricks through the windows of Democratic Party offices. Several such incidents occurred after Vanderboe made a statement. On August 22nd of 2012, Thomas and Roberts have been sentenced to five years in federal prison. Now we come to April 13th of Washington, D.C., U.S., on April 16th of 2013, an envelope that tested positive for ricin was intercepted at the U.S. Capitol's off-site mail facility in Washington, D.C. According to reports, the envelope was addressed to the office of Senator Roger Wicker, R. Mississippi. The next day, an envelope addressed to President Obama was tested positive for ricin. A third letter sent to a Mississippi judge also tested positive for ricin. Both letters included the phrase, and I quote, To see a wrong and not expose it is to become a silent partner to its continuance. And I am KC and I approve this message. End quote. Now we come to May 2013, the Shannon Richardson incident. So in May of 2013, while going through a divorce, U.S. actress Shannon Richardson called the police and accused her husband of mailing rice into several politicians. Nathan Richardson has not been charged with any crime. He told investigators that his wife set him up. Investigators found that Shannon Richardson indeed mailed the rice in herself in an effort to set up her estranged husband. Shannon Richardson was arrested on June 7th of 2013 for alleged connections with rice and lace letters sent to politicians, including President Barack Obama, and New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. She was charged with mailing and threatening a letter to President Barack Obama. On the 6th of June, she confessed that she had mailed the three letters knowing they contained ricin, but claimed her husband made her do it. On December 10th, she pleaded guilty to sending the letters. The plea limits her potential sentence to 18 years. Then we come to October 2nd of 2013 in Logan, Utah, US. A 37-year-old female ingested the pulp of 30 castor beans in an attempt to commit suicide from ricin poisoning. Trace amounts of the toxin were later found in her residence. She was found by her husband and immediately put in intensive care for a week, but did not survive. Then we come to March 2014, Hatboro, Pennsylvania, U.S. On March 21st of 2014, 19-year-old Nicholas Todd Hellman was arrested for sending a scratch-and-sniff birthday card laced with ricin to a man dating his ex-girlfriend. Hellman was charged with attempted murder and risking catastrophe after lab tests showed that the card he placed in the man's family mailbox on March 6th contained traces of the toxic substance. Hellman bragged on the toxic card to a co-worker at Target in Warrington later that day. The co-worker then notified authorities and the police called the man's home and spoke to his mother asking whether she had retrieved the mail that day. When Hellman was first questioned about the incident on March 7th, he told police that he'd only coated the card with sodium hydroxide, which he chose because it resembled the toxin anthrax. Hellman also admitted to sending threatening messages to the man via Facebook and police seized from him what appeared to be sodium hydroxide and a notebook with a ricin recipe. Hellman was charged on March 7th with terroristic threats and harassment. In the meantime, authorities sent the card away for subsequent lab tests. The tests confirmed that the card indeed had traces of ricin prompting the Warminster Police Department to arrest Hellman at his Hatboro apartment, assisted by numerous agencies including the Hatboro Police, a hazmat team, a SWAT team, police officers, and officials with the FBI. After a standoff that lasted several hours, Hellman was led out of his apartment and into a police vehicle by officers clad in armor and hazmat gear. Then we come to the July 2015 Liverpool incident. So on July 15th, 31-year-old Muhammad Ali from Liverpool, England, was convicted at the Old Bailey for attempting to possess a chemical weapon. In January 2015, Ali had attempted to buy a 500 milligram of ricin off the da- on the dark web, but he had been in contact with an FBI agent and was sent a harmless powder. Ali said he'd been influenced by the television series Breaking Bad. On September 18th, 2015, Ali was sentenced to eight years in prison. 
Then we come to February 2017, Finnan County, Georgia, US. On February 2nd of 2017, 27-year-old William Christopher Gibbs drove himself to the hospital emergency room, stating that he had been exposed to ricin. His car was subsequently tested for the substances and found to be positive. This resulted in the Army National Guard, the ANG, and the local fire department being called out to his home of Morganton, and the area was swept by personnel in hazmat suits. The FBI subsequently declared that no evidence that any poisonous or toxic substances have been dispersed or that the public is at risk, but that they would continue to investigate. He remains in the local county jail, but may yet be charged with federal offences. Multiple sources have indicated that Gibbs was connected to the white supremacist group Creativity Alliance. Then we come to October 2018 in the Republican Washington, D.C. incident. So on October 2nd, 2018, ricin particles were detected in mail sent to the Pentagon. The mail was addressed to Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis, Chief of Naval Operations John M. Richardson, President Donald Trump, and Senator of Texas Ted Cruz. Then we have the 2018 Cologne terrorist plot. So on the 13th of June 2018, police raided an apartment in central Cologne and found a large amount of castor beans and ricin powder and paste. Detectives from the German Public Prosecutor General and Federal Police Off Criminal Police Office conducted the investigation. By July 2018, investigators had found three mobile phones among the possession of the suspect, one of which many chat logs along with various instructions on how to make a bomb were found. The suspect had also acquired the means to transform castor beans into poison. Then we come to 2020. So, a package containing ricin, which was addressed to President Donald Trump, was intercepted by law enforcement. A Canadian woman suspected of sending it was arrested when she tried to cross the Canadian border. Now, by the end of March 2005, there were no suspects and no confirmed source for the ricin found in Senator Frist's office. Investigators also found no connection to the Fallen Angel case as of the same date. Despite these developments, investigators were not yet ready to declare a dead end to the investigation. As of 2008, no direct connection has yet been found between the Frist case and the Fallen Angel case, and no explanation has ever been found for the origin of the ricin in Frist's office. With that, this case remains open, but with many unanswered questions, it still remain unanswered. Please rate the show and let me know what you guys think about this and the many other cases I have covered. You can follow me on all major social media platforms, YouTube, BitChute, Dailymotion. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Links are all down below in the description. If you have a case you'd like me to have a look at or cover, don't hesitate to send me a message. I'm your host, and this has been the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Until next time next on Unanswered Questions. Hoffer disappeared on July 30th of 1975. He is believed to have been murdered by the Mafia and was declared legally dead in 1982. His body has never been found. Its location, along with Hoffer's legacy, continues to stir debate, even today.